This is a podcast about failure. With me, Lola Berry, author, nutritionist, and yoga teacher. Join me as we get to know these guests and learn about how their failures have ultimately shaped their dreams. Welcome to Fearlessly Failing with Lola Berry. G'day, it's Lols here. I've got a bit of a crush, a girl crush on this next guest. It's Michaela Bannis and she's a very talented Australian actress, or do we say actress or actor? Either way, she is absolutely phenomenal. Film, television, theatre actor. The thing that I love most about Michaela is she works hard but she just loves what she does and it's that kind of passion that is kind of, it's like you just want more of her. And I found me kind of checking the clock at the end of the potty going, oh, my God, I could keep talking to you. So I nerded out a bit because, as you might know, I love acting as well. So I was kind of like a kid in a candy store and just soaking up as much as I can from Michaela. I hope you love this potty because it was such a joy to make. Okay, I am so excited. Slash a bit nervous. <laughs> I just did an Insta story in my car and I was like, this next person. So it is what? Michaela Bannis. She's an incredible actress. Mm. I found out when I went down the rabbit hole of Googling and YouTubing <laughs> you a singer. Oh, I boy. Right? Oh, Lord. I saw a few old video. Well, oh, old, my God. Video clips. Old. They were old. <laughs> you don't have to pretend they were freaking old. So good. But oh. I'm I'm of the era of growing up with McLeod's daughters. I'm sure you yeah. get that a lot. Yeah, all the time. Which but, is delightful. And there are, on YouTube there are like fan-made, what was yeah. your character called? Kate. Kate Manfredi. Manfredi and, that, and like all these little like, and it was before YouTube I think was a thing when these mm. old fan videos where like a, a beautiful picture oh, of yeah. you will like fade into another beautiful picture of you to like the. There's a lot of cross-fading. The, cross-fading, that's what To various for. songs. <laughs> it's adorable. So. Because people took time to make these videos back when that wasn't what was done, you know. They didn't. It's incredible. It's adorable. That's that's where I know you from, to the point that we met, what, about a year ago, I'd say. Yeah, it would be bang on a year ago. Yeah. And I remember telling my boyfriend that we were both on stage together and he was like, are you serious? She's amazing. (laughs) So Matt, my boyfriend who's listening to this, is going to be like, yes. Oh, that's so, so nice. I love that. And and I was blown away when I met you. Um, do you know what blew me away the most about you? I was like, I don't know if I can handle all this all these compliments. To be honest, oh mate, get you. Shit, but, I have um, to have a sip of my chai. Please make, it, make a sound effect. This what? is to give a visual. Here we go. <laughs> that was way slurpier than I had intended. But this little teacup, yeah. is probably. Toddler size? Yeah, it's toddler size. Yeah. It's for children and it's got a rainbow on it and I'm not ashamed. It's speckles. No, it's not cool. ashamed. It's absolutely incredible. Tiny hands, tiny T- teacup. Yes, you do have time. <laughs> like, what am I? Yeah, there's a, there's a massive difference. We just did a little compare and, yeah. Mine, and I'm a short like human. Hobbit. No, <laughs> Hobbit cute, size. cute. Go with cute. Thanks. Okay. Um, so I'm pumped. I'm pumped to have you here. You. Uh, and we spoke, but well, we emailed before this and mm. you were like, do you want to know my failures first? And mm. I was like, let's make it spontaneous. So Yeah, you don't know what I'm going to say. <laughs> which is so exciting. Um, yeah. One thing about me, I don't know if you know, but for the last six months I've been doing acting school. And have my, you? Yes. And so I'm so fascinated just like and in awe because it's, Fucking hard. Yeah, it is. People think it's easy. If you're good at it, it looks easy. (laughs) But but it's not. Yeah, it's like horse riding, actually. Horse riding looks easy. And then you get on a horse and you're like, ah, shit. Had you been on a horse before McLeod's Daughters? Not really. Once on on Blue Healers, actually, I had to ride a horse and they were like, just... Just try and stay on, you know, yeah. and just would smack it on the ass, and I'd be like, ah, just oh, yeah, holding on for dear life. You bounce when it can. Oh, I was you? a hot mess. Yeah. <laughs> so good. I was so a hot good. mess, and I was a hot mess when I when I joined McLeod's, and of course, in my audition, I was like, yeah, I can ride a horse. And then when I got oh, my yeah. call back, I went, hey, just so you know, I'm like, I'm not like a horse rider, horse rider. <laughs> I had to fess up that I wasn't really my area of expertise. Horses are incredible. Have you fallen in love with horses? So in love yeah. because they're so incredibly, like there's this incredible thing that happens when you're riding where um, they know 
you're there. They know to sort mm-hmm. of avoid a branch that's overhanging or not if they hate your guts. They can <laughs> yeah. sense your energy. Yeah. Your heart rate, apparently your heart rate ends up going sort of kind of getting in alignment with the horses when you – Because totally. I'm like, why am I puffed? I'm not even doing anything. I'm just sitting here while the horse is running. But yeah. it's, it's this so beautiful it's sympathetic. Yeah, equine therapy. Do you know what oh, equine therapy yeah. where they use – and so they say that um, the horse's heart rate – we match because their heart is much bigger, about five times the size of ours. Our heart rate matches theirs. It's extraordinary. They use it for like kids with ADD, ADHD and just being near the horse because when they're just on their own and chill, they're very Mm. chill. Mm. And I almost feel like I've done a few shoots with horses randomly because I'm a horse nerd. My dad used to be an equine vet. And I remember the horse wrangler, there was about three horses on this shoot. He was like, oh, God, I've never seen someone drop in so fast. I said, what's dropping in? He's like, you've just (laughs) kind of meshed in with the horse. And there was another person on the shoot who was drinking as you do in some fun, and sure. the horses would find be really uncomfortable and kind of rear up. That's such that a funny person. thing because they call sometimes certain wanky actors called drop. They use the term dropping in with character. Really? So I've heard actors going, "Yeah, you know, I'm just dropping into character." Which oh, so that makes a- my skin crawl. But there is a there is a sort of moment where you go, "Oh, I feel I've come into yeah. I've come into this other person," and that's. That term is often dropping oh, in, so that's really okay. interesting. Oh, there you go. There you go. Um, so that's the, acting not, 101 with Michaela Oh, Gose. my goodness, I'm so pumped <laughs> for this. They'll be more like, so tell me that. What I've been doing is like action, objective, all that oh, early wow. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but so far. No, it's interesting and I still use that stuff. And I think like for human behaviour. That's why I think I'm like, oh, wow, the human brain and yeah. human behaviour and getting that's, outside your comfort That's zone. why I do it. I'm fascinated with people. That's I'm fascinated I, by other humans. Oh yeah, and I'm I'm interested in learning as much as I can about myself. Totally, and the way to do it is by being other people. Like I think when I was younger, I remember um, actually when I was on the clouds, one of the other actors because I've been acting since I was a kid. They're like, "How do you even know who you are? You just pretend to be other people all the time." And I was like, "I actually think I know who I am." better because because I have to do that. Totally. Because I have to step into someone else's shoes. I actually have to look at my own shit a lot. Oh. So I I felt like, I felt a bit like, oh, that's a bit mean. But then I went, no, no, I actually think the answer is that I know myself better than most people because I just have to go there. Well, that to me makes total sense because the common theme that I've noticed on every like workshop or course or like if I see a speaker come out, it, it, they, it almost sounds like it's a quest for truthfulness yeah. within yourself and within the character. Yeah. And it's like so that the bullshit kind of has to go. Yeah, your own bullshit. Yeah, frankly. you've got to be pretty clear. We just have to sort your shit out, I think. People think yeah. that it's that that it's that tortured artist thing yeah, totally. where you've got to be all damaged and fucked up to have this yeah. stuff, which is true. We're all pretty, you know, most actors have a lot of that stuff. But you have to, I feel like since working on my personal shit, mm. I'm a better actor since I've yeah. cleared a lot of that. I still use it. It's still there. It's not like it disappears and isn't, totally. doesn't exist anymore. But um, understanding it and dealing with it and sorting through it has made me better at my job, I reckon. A hundred percent. I'm a super pro therapy and therapist yeah. and like working Same. on your shit so that you just are a better version of you. Yeah, That's and kind of a better motto. version of yourself means you're better for other people. Totally. Your friends, your family, your partner, your, you know, your, your work colleagues. I oh, used man. to think it was selfish. So I used to think yeah. looking after yourself, putting yourself first was a selfish thing because I was just like that means I'm number one and that's horrible. Like I just, it made me want to cringe. And then I, when I started realising I had to do it, I had no other choice, I then sort of discovered, oh, actually <laughs> – Oh, Doing that, it yeah. means I am better for everyone yeah. around me. And I think you're not alone in that feeling of selfishness. Like yeah. I think at, yeah. at first, like it's even called self-care. Yeah, you know? and people just go, yeah. and I was like, Ugh, about <laughs> it. And then I was like, oh, but I'm also just mean to myself, so that's probably not good. Yeah, you got to catch yourself. And not I think anymore. everyone has to go through phases where it's time for growth or learning or working yeah. on yourself. I... I'm so excited to hear about the failures that you want to chat about. But first, I want to hear about like how how it all how you began because you're from your Kiwi, am I right? Yes, initially. Yes. And was your first ad when you were like 18 months old? <laughs> yes, I did my yeah my first commercial. When I was 18 months old. 
But then still you, you were like at five years you were in something, weren't you? Like yeah, my first film I was five. So I did my first smart. feature film at five. Yeah, crazy. That is crazy but amazing. But I, yeah, amazing. And I grew up like my dad My dad ran a theatre when, mm-hmm. when I was born. He, he was an actor and became a director and ran this theatre and predominantly now he's a writer. But um, at that time he was running a theatre. So I grew up in the theatre. I grew up in on sets and yeah. in rehearsal rooms and backstage and um, that world was just, uh, you know, my other home. Blood. Yeah, it was in my blood. It was my other home and I understood it, you know. So it was any wonder I sort of went down the path that I did. But I think he at some point was a bit like, I remember with, with the film when I was five, obviously at 18 months they just chucked me in, in the commercial and I played and with toys. Cute. Like yeah. I was just, yeah, I was in a Kiwi suit. Like oh, dressed really? as a kiwi bird. No. Oh my goodness! So you have to find that. I have to find a photo. Hilarious. <laughs> please, please, please. And I just played with toys because what else does a eighteen-month-old yeah. do? But but when I was five with the film, I remember him sitting me down and going, "You know, you're sure this is what you want to do?" And telling me the story of the movie because it was kind of a psychological thriller thing. I had to have a gun pointed at my oh, head. Wow. I had to get kidnapped and be dragged through a cemetery, like gnarly stuff. Yeah. And I remember him asking me if it was something I wanted to do, and I was like, "Yes, yes!" Like because he said it's okay. Okay, if you don't want to, you don't have to do it. You know, like he was very. But that's you know, good my choice. That means it it is empower. Like it's quite empowering to you. I know that's a very young age to make that. No, but I'm absolutely. sure you got that chance to make I understood. that choice. He over. knew I understood. Yeah, and so he gave me the opportunity to make my own decision, and I 100% did. That's pretty cool. Pretty cool at five to sort of well, make that call. Did you keep, so then did you keep, were you in that industry the whole way like through? Did, yeah, there... bit, bits and pieces as a kid and then, um, and, you know, lots of commercials and film and, and some stage bits and pieces. I have and watched then we your Scooby-Doo. Oh, boy. I have watched your Scooby-Doo um, <laughs> scene. Amazing. Thank Thanks so much. A little bit of taekwondo action. Fantastic. And, yeah. It's a little bit of why work. Don't it's also me. on um, YouTube for those of you that want to. Oh boy, yeah, Michaela Madison, Scooby Doo. Yes, it's, it's that's a highlight. All you type it's in. a good fifteen seconds that you can enjoy there. Question though, that would yeah. have been a massive blockbuster. It was, it was a massive. A huge it film. has been the most lucrative job I've ever had. Really? Hilariously, I still I yesterday got a royalties check for it. No, still going. So <laughs> not big. Because you played about down. like a fifteen-year-old girl, didn't you? Or yeah, oh. you you were playing a young yeah, teenage girl. I was twenty-one, yeah. twenty-two. Yeah, but you looked. But I looked fifteen. Yeah, you looked. So, so I think I was probably playing fifteen, sixteen, or something. But yeah, and it's literally I'm in a scene. But I was I was there for five days. We were shooting on this island um, outside of Brisbane. Um, Morton Island, which is delightful, yeah, with 500 extras. So we had the entire island. It was insane. It was a crazy, massive blockbuster. Wow. And I had auditioned for the role that Isla Fisher plays in the film and it got down to me and Isla Fisher really? for that role and I didn't get it and I was gutted. And then the director was like, the director was like, but we love you. We just, can, would you come and do this tiny little thing? It's only small, but we just really liked you. And I was like, sure, of yeah. course. How fun. Yeah. And it was so much fun. It was five days of absolute just madness. What was the energy like on a massive it set was like mass- that? It was massive and it, we sh- it took three days to film the scene that I'm in. Wow. Yeah, it was so insane. So for 15 seconds or, yep. or it was 20 seconds, yep. Yep. three days three of days shooting. Three days of shooting. Wow. And two days of sitting around playing cards with a bunch of really lovely people. <laughs> Holy <laughs> As smokes. you do. But, yeah, it was it was insane. And then the premiere was a big thing. They of invited course. me to the premiere there because at that point I was just, yeah, I was doing Always Greener. Yeah. And so um, – because I'd sort of started getting a name for myself in mm. Australia. It was kind of this thing like, oh, my God, she's in it too. And I was like, oh, God, I'm, I'm really like not in it, but okay. Wow. But it was it was a really big deal and I felt really cool and special and, you know, they when, made me feel great. Well, when I when I Wikipedia'd you, that was one of the, <laughs> that was one of the like the things. Like the right. Sco- yeah, it's like one oh, of the okay. comes up. That and, of course, like the incredible, it's Upper Middle Bogan, correct? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I was oh, just man. saying before, oh, my, you are so Amber, your character. The best. She has got a sweat. For people not, so it's on Netflix currently if people want to see it. I was. Yeah, I recommend. I would never say this usually (gasps) about a show that I'm in, but I recommend you watch it because it's so fun. Well, your character has a swear jar, which is full when we meet your character. (laughs) And keeps getting filled. (laughs) She's a gutter mouth bogan, you know, with a heart of gold. I mean, was it so much fun to play? It was so much fun that I honestly, if. Yeah, if they ever wanted to make more, I would be there with bells on. I would do that show forever, legit. Oh. And I don't say that about anything. 
it, it it just it's so for to preface people listening, basically you've got uh kind of like and, and could you say like an upper class family versus like yeah. a drag family? So that, yeah, this anesthetist finds out that she, and, she, and she's in this very well to do family. Mm. Her husband's an architect. Her mum's you know a pearl wearing Turak lady, um, yeah. you know upper crust, and they're very upper class family. Yeah. And she finds out she's adopted and that her real birth family are you guys. drag racing boatmans. Yeah. <laughs> enter <laughs> enter Amber and her swear jar. <laughs> so amazing that really I could, like I haven't since I start since I knew we were doing this podcast I haven't I haven't stopped watching it oh, to the point yeah. that my boyfriend's watched all three seasons <laughs> and he's like what are you up to I'll just sit and watch an extra run with you like oh that's so nice so oh, and then so again nice. on YouTube people are like fans have put together all your scenes yeah all my all my swearing and yeah. all my burping is there I think as well how she do they does, do the burping I just have to pull the right face and then they dub it they dub it yeah because so I was like surely but people ask me. All the time to burp in the street. They're like, you just burp for me. I'm like, no, I don't. I actually don't have that skill. I'm sorry. I wish I did because I can make it look like I'm doing it, but I can't do it. Yeah. I'm getting so carried away with all your. It disappoints a lot of people. No, I'm getting so carried away with all these amazing things you've done. But I to. Oh yeah, let's talk about what I haven't done. No, but no, no. But like to rewind a little bit from what I can gather, um, you've kind of lived in all different places too. Like you were. New Zealand, mm-hmm. but you've lived, like, you went to school in Sydney? Yeah, we moved to Sydney in 1988. And yeah. so I, I'd already started school in New Zealand. Yeah. And so I had to change schools. Yeah. I moved to Sydney and um, went to primary school there. Did some of my high school in Sydney. Then we moved to Queensland and I finished high school yes. in Queensland. Then I moved to Melbourne. Um, was here for a while. Then I booked my first sort of big job in Sydney, went to Sydney what was that? Always greener. Yeah, that was my yeah, sort of yeah. breakout breakout thing. I'd done a bunch of guesties. In fact, I'd sort of run out of uh, guest roles, like shows to do guest roles on. I'd sort of done them all and was like, oh, now what? You know. And then I, I knew that I needed to book an ongoing job and I, yeah. I got really lucky and I did. I mean, I worked my ass off but I landed Always Greener and that took me to Sydney and then after that, McLeod's. Adelaide, McLeod's yeah. daughters was in Adelaide. You had to fully relocate for that. Yeah, hey? yeah. And it was like farm, like rural. Farm. Yeah, it's an hour north of Adelaide. I lived in in the city. Awesome. for the shoot. I um, love Adelaide. Adelaide's fabulous. It's great. Totally underrated. Yeah, it's like well, I call it sometimes like it's got the vibe of Melbourne. Yeah, and like creatives and yeah, good food yeah. scene oh, food. and food. Yeah. such good food. <laughs> and you can afford to live on the beach. I lived on the beach in Adelaide for a while because. Well, you, you can't afford for four years, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy you can't man. afford to live on the beach in Melbourne or Sydney. Nah, you're dreaming. Adelaide, it's yeah. possible. Yeah, this is true. This is true. And I had a job, so I was like, yeah, I'm going to live on the beach. It was amazing. <sighs> I had the best time. I could yeah. talk about all your characters and like even <laughs> Tiffany, Winners and Losers. Oh, my gosh. You know, like I could go, I've, I'm like mega fanning right now. Aww. But the, the preface of this podcast is basically really cool people that have done epic shit, so tick, tick, tick. You've done all of that. <laughs> but like I think... We don't often celebrate or talk about kind of like the lessons or mm. the, tr- the, the the tricky little hiccups. Yeah. And when you look back at them, there's that famous Steve Jobs quote and he's like sometimes it feels like, you know, you're hitting your head against a brick wall mm-hmm. and he said it's not till you look back and you connect the dots. Yeah, hindsight. Like, oh, that thing <laughs> happened so yeah. that, you know, that this thing could happen and so I kind of want to talk about a few things that have been hiccups for you. can be anything that you want to talk about mm. but – I think it's important for people to know that those that are seemingly really successful have still yeah. been through shit. And oh, that's of the, the premise of this potty and why yeah. I'm so It's like we love hearing about supermodels who hack their thighs. We're like, yes. Yeah. You know, they've all got it's shit. Human. We've all got We're stuff. We're all human. Of and course. I, but I also think often they're the things that make you su- successful. Absolutely. Fucking lutely. Yeah, man. <laughs> you speak in my language. Uh, so, well, go, go interestingly, I have, well, I, when, when, we, when you told me what this was, what our conversation was going to be about, I go into like, oh, you know, that's really interesting. What do I have to offer to this conversation? And three things came up. So you get to choose which ones or in which order you want. One of them is around um, my personal life. Mm -hmm. One of them is around my physical body. Mm -hmm. And one of them is around my work. Oh, my goodness. We have to do them all. Okay, great. Which one do you want to do first? Okay, holy smokes. Thinking music. Also amazing. Can we start with the body? Great, yes. Yeah, being a nutritionist, I find it so fascinating. I mean, this is going to be just like the dumbest shit you've ever heard probably because this is like 
it all, you, you go, of course you do, but uh, until it's happening, anyway, I'll, this will make sense in a second. Yeah. I'm rambling. Basically, I did a stage musical called Avenue Q, mm-hmm. and this is like nearly 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, almost 10 years ago. And it was really amazing and it was a very, very um, demanding show. I had to puppeteer, sing, dance, the works, all the things. And um, and it was incredible and it was a really great show and it was very successful and I had the lead in this show, which was a miracle because I'd never done a stage show before really. It was my stage debut. And I landed the lead and I got this job and I worked my little ass off and it was wonderful. And then about seven months into the show, 100 shows in, um, I got really sick with this virus. And I kept going (laughs) and kept trying because there's the old, you know, the show must go on and people were coming to the show because my, you know, there was sort of good feedback feedback and want to see see certain people in certain roles, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And so, and then I got so, so ill that I ended up having to leave the show because I was so sick and I, and mentally that did more damage than anything really. But my my big lesson in letting myself get run into the ground that badly was to listen to my body, oh, which yeah. is just you just like, of course, everyone no. should be doing that. But until I went through that, I didn't really do that. I'm very conscious of my health, um, but I wasn't paying attention, and I think um, I failed my I failed my body because I didn't listen and I didn't. The failure was in is was in um, pushing. And, totally. and I think, and that's a, that's a thing that people in my industry do all the time, not just physically, they do it mentally and emotionally. Mm-hmm. And that's why we have so many issues around mental health and mm-hmm. alcoholism and drug addiction within the entertainment industry is because people feel like they can't stop um, and they can't take a minute and rest and and be kind and gentle. And it's not a gentle industry, but I am learning still because it's a process mm-hmm. to be gentle with myself even when something is requiring a lot of energy, um, I work with this really amazing spiritual teacher, Katriana Saunders, and she she and I, she, wow. she, she teacher has taught me to be gentle yeah. even when I'm sitting on a set oh, yeah. with craziness around me. Yeah. And it's a hard thing for me to do because I'm a quite a high energy person. I'm a quite type. go, go, go. Yeah. Um, and I don't like to say I can't or no mm-hmm. or I'm sorry I'm not available or I need to rest or can I have a moment like so it's all of those things were wrapped up in this one big lesson for me this failure to oh yeah failure to be kind to myself and put m- my health before any job I mean I, I felt like I had to like and it wasn't any pressure that anyone was putting on me the producers were delightful and amazing and supportive it's what yourself. I put on myself yeah. yeah so that was a massive lesson two things first mm. thing I'm gonna go hippie yogi on you love for one it. second I'm all about that and you'll I think you will love this because it's such a good ethos to have in anything moving forward we in yoga we always strive for stira sukha, mm-hmm. which is a balance of softness and strength, discipline. Mm-hmm. So they say in yoga you want to rock up on your mat every day. You want to feel the practice. So you want to do the craft. For you, yeah. acting is probably your craft, I yeah. would say, yeah. And then it's this softness of being like it's okay to let go every now and then. Mm. It's okay to not totally be attached to the outcome mm. of that thing. And and so stirasuka is a beautiful little mantra and I, I use that. it whenever I feel like I'm burning out or mm. giving, I think as well, creatives are givers. Yeah. And I think you can give and give because, like, I, I can understand, like, before even though you knew you weren't feeling great, you're probably going up on stage or you're performing and going, mm. oh, but I'm giving something to these audience members and I'm yeah. giving them an experience or escapism or. They've paid money, they've come in to see, they've come in to have the. Have you want to give it your yeah. all. But I have heard that people that work more in the theatre world and, at, like, that is grueling. Like, that is, it is. day in. Day out, yeah. physical, mm. mental, like people go on vocal rest, yeah. and um, and and they say it can be really hard, a really taxing on a relationship. As it's well. taxing across the board. Yeah. It's an interesting job because whether it's stage, film, TV, whatever, if you're a dancer or a musician, anything that's you know really creative. Um, and I was having this conversation yesterday at work. Funnily enough, on set, I was saying. You know, a lot of jobs are mentally taxing. Mm. Some jobs are physically taxing. Yeah. But our job is mentally taxing, physically taxing 
and emotionally taxing. So you're depleted Absolutely. across the board. It's not like I'm sitting at a desk using my brain all day, like that's what some jobs require. Yeah. It's not like I'm a labourer and I can just listen to music and zone out and but just do the physical. physical. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing, yeah. I mean, I would never compare myself to to either of those roles, but it's 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 a job that does require all of my facets to be going yeah, at once. You're spot on. Yeah. So and when you're in theatre, it's heightened and it's and it's um it's sprinting every day. These sort of two out two or two and a half hours of just like a marathon mate. Flat out. Yeah. And then you're supposed to have all this quiet time, but then you're doing press and people think, oh, you don't even work during the day if you're doing a, a, a theatre show. But sometimes you're rehearsing someone in who's an understudy. Sometimes you're doing press. Sometimes, you know, like... And a lot of performers, because they've performed that afternoon or that evening, mm. find it so hard to switch off at night. And then insomnia is something like I've heard so much about. And that's about. why drinking's a problem for a lot of people. Of I don't drink, but a lot of performers turn to drinking as yeah. a means to help them wind down, switch off. Totally. Just, you know... Yeah, it's 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 yeah, it's, it's not it is. it's not hard, but it's not as um, easy as it appears. I think energetically as well, though, you have hit the nail on the head. Like there are, it does, it requires every facet of you mm. as a human being: mm. heart, soul, body, mind. Yeah. like you have to rock up. Well, yeah, if you're present and you're yes. doing your job yes. well, yeah, yeah. and but you want to give it your best, you can phone it in if you want. But I, I'm not one to do that, no. and not many. Not many performers are, I don't think. Not at all. So my question is when you did get this virus and you were like, okay, like I have to, you were, you were at a point where you were like, I have to pull a pin here. Yeah. Who won, like what was the like moment of going, right, this has to happen and who was there to kind of like. Um, they they actually physically pulled me oh. off stage one night because they thought I was going to collapse so they could see how unwell I was and literally in the middle of a performance, usually you make the call before a performance a few hours before and say, look, I can't go on, the understudy goes on. In this instance, I was like, no, 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 I can do it, I I got this. And I went on and, and yeah, not even halfway through the first act, they just pulled me aside and they said, you're not even, you can barely stand on your feet, that's it, we're putting your understudy on and just in the middle of the show swapped it out. So I'm sure the audience were like, what's going on, Where's Oh, oh wow. So that was gutting for me and, of course, but they were trying to take care of me. Totally. Because I wasn't doing it. Um, and then we had a sit down, I had to sit down with the producers and I just cried and cried and cried mm. because I felt so much guilt and so much stuff that I'd been putting on myself, not them. They were incredible and they said, look, you know, they tr- we tried just giving me a break for a while and then I tried to go back and I hadn't recovered enough you know, and and I at some point I just said I think I need to stop, and they said, yeah, we think you do too, and I it was really hard, yeah, and I, it was a lot of um, a lot of guilt came with it, and I and I I felt like I was letting everyone down. Of course, no one else felt that. No, but that's, that's our yeah. that's where I went in my head, and it took me a long time to recover mentally and emotionally from it. Oh, I, but also understandably yeah, because you can yeah. see you give your all, you know, and yeah. I think as a creative it's heart-driven. It, always, for it's, me, always. Yeah, so I think yeah. like and was the when you did recover you were all good? Like it was like? No, it took quite a, really? took quite a while. Physically. And I, I, they never really worked out what it was. That was a big problem as well. Okay. So psychologically that took a toll totally. because doctors were like, checking for tumours because I'd lost a bit of weight and I'm not a big person. They were worried and everyone's like, are you eating? I'm like, I'm eating. I'm a big eater. And I was eating a lot but mm. I lost a bit of weight and so they were worried that I had a tumour somewhere oh, and then they couldn't fire. work it out. But they they ended up guessing that it was something in the glandular fever family. That's, that's where my head went as soon as you said that. Yeah, because I was so depleted. But whatever whatever I had triggered, um, I've got fructose malabsorption mm-hmm. which means I have to be on a FODMAP diet. For those of you out there who aren't sure what that is, it's like I can't eat onion and certain fruits. And People certain think veggies. it's fruit, and I'm like, no, no, garlic no. and onion, all the good things yeah, in yeah. life. Yeah, the, the ones with flavour. Yeah, um, I can't have those. So I'm one of those people. But that's this. It took me a while to realise that I had food allergies. Now, absolutely, I was trying to gain weight, so I was eating um, pasta and things that would help me gain mm-hmm. some weight back, and and it was all just the wrong stuff for yeah. my body. And it it took a while to figure out 
what was going on. And so, for people listening that think that might be like, oh, I might have fructose malabsorption too. I always, it's like someone mm, as a nutritionist, uh, yeah, it's, it is common, but a lot of people diagnose themselves with it. And oh, yeah, like, no. I always say like, go to a doctor because it could be. It's a simple test. Yeah, you can find out. it's a breath test. Yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, it could be gluten or it could be, you know, something there. Are, I'm yeah. allergic to gluten. Like right. it, it's so reactive yeah. in, in my body. So everyone has these sensitivities, but I, it does sound like, you're so as a result of going through something really shitty, yeah. you're now more connected. Absolutely. The second I feel, you know, ask my husband, the second I'm not feeling quite right, I stop. I rest. Yeah. I breathe because <laughs> I'm often not doing that properly. Yeah. And I remind myself to be gentle and that even if I have commitments, which I always do, yeah. I can still do those things. I can do them in a gentle way and or I can say, I'm sorry, I can't. <laughs> totally. And I don't think that that means you necessarily miss out on anything. Often saying no, no. makes space for you to either gain. Of course. But when you're, when you're a younger oh. actor, you feel like if you say no to anything, they're like, well, we won't use her again. Totally. Whereas now I feel, you know, I'm in my 40s. I've, I've been doing this for 35 years and I've worked really hard and I feel like it's okay to say no and people aren't going to be like, well, we're not going to cast her in the next show then. You know what I mean? That's not going to happen anymore. That also comes down to a sense of knowing who you are and understanding Absolutely. your worth and, Absolutely. and being very comfortable just like, like being, and I find that quite powerful. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah. And it's I wish exciting. I had it when I was in my 20s. I see some people in their 20s with that and I'm like, fuck yeah. Yeah. So jealous. I wish I had that shit in my 20s. Oh, man, I, I um, work with a therapist and he's like, stop compensating for other people. It's like start doing your own shit and loving oh, it. yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, but I feel guilty. And it's yeah. that same energy that you were just describing yeah. of like pulling out, out of the gig basically yeah. because you weren't well enough. But yeah. I get it, like especially when you, you are like, I want to give my best, I want to help, I want to do the yes. best I can and I know I've got this energy to share or this thing that I want to share so I get it. I but get I'm also, it. we're also doing our best for someone else. Totally. And that's okay, that's great. But what are you doing for, you? for yourself? <laughs> you know? Yeah, oh, felt like Oprah then. Oh, mate, you are, <laughs> you are big time. I'm, I'm drinking oh, no. the Kool Aid. I'm drinking oh, the Kool Aid. Oh my god, no. I okay, wish. so next, do we go personal or work? Holy mackerel! Let's go work. Okay, cool. Let's go work. Okay, this excites me. So, I don't know how to say this without sounding like a complete wanker. Oh, I'm, I'm even more but, excited now. But <laughs> I was thinking about work and failure and I haven't really had a lot of failure Amazing. in my work. I've never had a bad review. I've never had something fall on its ass that I've been responsible for. I've worked on shows that haven't been very good, mm -hmm. but it's never been I'm the one, I'm the yeah. lead or, you know, in that yeah. instance, you know, I've sort of always got a good rap even if it's been bad, you know, but yeah. oh, you were great, the show wasn't great. So, yeah. so personally I've not had a lot of I've just not really failed in my career, which is fucking ridiculously awesome. I guess a testament to you as well. Well, maybe, but I was. Uh, I, I suppose I've had tiny failings all the time along the way. That are, um, you know, I've auditioned for so many things and not got them. Yeah. So a lot of rejection, but I don't consider that a failing. I just consider that part of the job. Like mm -hmm. it's no matter who you are, no matter how amazing you are, you're not going to get every job. It's just not possible. You're not right for everything. But what I what I was thinking about was I've actually feel like where I have failed is I've actually failed to be brave in my career. Really? And not with the work that I do because I think I'm really brave as an yeah. actor and I make really brave choices and I do all kinds of stuff and, I, and, and I'm really very extraordinarily grateful for the career I've had because it's been really diverse. I've played all different kinds of roles. I'm not just playing the bitch all the time or the nerd. I've played them all. But I haven't been brave in the sense that I haven't done what I want to do yet. <laughs> yes. Wow. So I've I've I work for other people all the time and I do f fucking excellent work for everyone that I work for because I want to and I want them to have a great show. But I've never really gone this is what I want to say. I'm backing myself. I'm going to create this thing. I've not ever actually ever created anything myself. Fuck, I've created characters and I've created work yeah. with other people. 
And so that's for me the next step is going, what do I want to say? And, I, and that's, I'm, I'm going down that path literally say, right now. Really? But that's, that's the thing. I'm, I'm, I wish I'd done it in my 20s or 30s because I've had heaps of shit to say. And why is my voice not important? This is the thing, so though. That's, and that's my when failing. You, that's where the Steve Jobs thing comes back. And it's like, but things do happen in the perfect time. Maybe you needed to get to this stage in your life. I mean, like, Jackie Weaver, you know, like well, in her 60s, yeah. smashing it now, yeah. you know, not that she didn't before, but her career's She's just incredible. Yeah. gone further than it ever had, you know. Well, it's. It's so inspiring to hear you say that because I did, last week I was in acting class and I was the oldest person by 10 years. Oh, wow. And I was like, shit. Don't worry, I'm doing an acting class um, in November. Really? Like participating in an acting class. Yes, okay. So I'll probably be the oldest one in that one too. (laughs) But it's quite confronting. And I I said to my therapist, I was like, shit, am I? Am I just a crazy person? Like I've got a great career, I should be happy with that. And he's like, "Uh, that's your strength, Lola. Yeah. He said, that's your strength because you know who you are. Now you're, not, you're going into things clear. And also, like, I'm sorry, but let's just fuck off any limitations around yes. age. I'm just done with it. Yeah. Like I was reading this thing the other day and I can't even remember who it was or where I was reading it, but I just remember t- what I took from it was there's no limit. Like yeah. why? Like as women, like especially in this industry, I mean, there seems to be this kind of cap. Like, and I have felt it. I have felt a small cap of, well, I'm too old. I get told I'm too old quite no. regularly, and then I get told, oh, you don't look like a mum because I'm not a mum. I don't know. Like, I, so I sit in this weird area of like not looking like a mum, but who? Too old. But who don't you look like a mum for? Well, exactly. Like that's one person's. Fucked I play. Up I play a mum all the time. It's yeah, not a problem, yeah, yeah. but. But I, but I have been told I'm too old for stuff, and and which I'm, I'm, I'm definitely too old to play a twenty year old. Fuck, absolutely, I don't want to play a twenty year old anymore. I've done it. Yeah. But but there is no limit. Like the, it feel it felt like you sort of get into your forties, fifties, and yeah. that's sort of where it all just dies off a bit. But shit is changing, and there's no age limit. And I, I'm just like I'm happy to be the oldest person in the class, and I'm still going to class even though I've got 35 years on set experience yeah. because you don't ever stop fucking learning. No. And oh that, my and god, we you're amazing. We don't. Well, we don't have that culture in Australia around this kind of work. Like in America, you go to an acting class, and there's really well-known actors in acting class. Yeah. Okay. Actors who work all the time. Really. They, cl- class because it's like being an athlete. You have to and work going, that muscle. Right? Well, I can run the hundred meters yeah. the fastest. <laughs> I, I think I'll stop to... training yeah. now. <laughs> like, no, you train all the fucking time because you need to practice because you Don't can't really. practice on your own oh, sorry, at I'm home. Recrossing my legs for oh, people. She's breaking yeah, shit and I'm crossing legs. <laughs> I had my leg was just falling asleep. Was and I was like, shit, if I don't cross no, my no, legs, I'm good. screwed. That's good. You're so right, though. Like, but we don't have that culture in Australia around it. We think that once you're working, oh, well, that's it. You're done. You're great. You've made it. Yeah. See, technically, I've made it. But the thing is, well, in my eyes, you have, but I can un- I can see the power in consistently learning, yes. like, and just like, and I'm sure you take something from, different from every experience all the time. But and when- sometimes you have a terrible class, and like, what a waste of time. But but you go, but I learned that I don't want to do that thing, or yeah. I tried something. You know, singers, um, sports people generally, you can practice on your own. You can't really. I mean, you can sit and do a monologue in front of a mirror if you want, but it's not in quite the same thing. You totally. know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm singing in the shower or singing by a piano for me, that's me practising as a singer. That's keeping my vocal yeah. cords, you know, in, in Nick and, and yeah. you know, but but you can't sort of stretch those muscles as an actor unless you go into a class and just start banging well, again, out scenes with other people. It is that human behaviour thing, isn't it? Yeah. And you need more than one human often to And we're experience. so freaking nuanced and detailed and it's never ending. <sighs> so you could play one role for the rest of your life, which we do ourselves, but, you know, yeah. say you were playing Hamlet, you could play Hamlet forever. Oh. Because there's no end to the detail you could bring to that in, human in being. In a different way. You know? So why would you stop going to class when you could? there's more to explore? God, you're amazing. <laughs> I can't wait to listen to this back just for my own personal oh, selfish lessons that I want to learn from you. I love it. Um, with just on the work and failure thing, and I love that you've said, you know, I look at not getting a gig as just that's just part of the job. Like rejection is just part it of just what has you do. To be, yeah. Have you ever had rejection in an audition though where they've said, oh, actually... Like I guess they have with the age kind of as a detrimental thing, but I've lost gigs before 
for not looking good enough or not looking a certain way oh God, yeah. or get told people have like I've been in meetings where people have been like you should get Botox there like really oh God I, I don't know if I was just like super Fuck. insecure therefore I opened myself up to that's judgment. horrendous first and foremost <laughs> yeah, yeah fuck that person yeah. <laughs> but, look I no I haven't in an audition I've worked on shows I had a female director tell me um that I wasn't looking pretty when I was doing a scene and that I was doing stuff with my face and I said, what, I don't care. Oh, great. Because I'm actually not here to be pretty. Hilariously, I was playing a witch so I'm like, (laughs) what are you talking about? (laughs) But I was like, I don't don't think about what I'm doing with my face. I know some actors do but Mm -hmm. I I don't. I have no idea and I have a very moving, my face moves a lot. I'm a very sort of (laughs) elastic, elastic, Jim Carrey-esque face person. Yeah. and I, I tried Botox once because I was so paranoid myself of this frown line that I had. And then one of my friends got cancer and she was like, you're not to do that anymore. And I was like, well, fuck, I can't argue with you. You've got cancer. Um, yeah, fair call. <laughs> you know. Fair call. Um, and also for a myriad of reasons, I thought about all the actors that I bloody love and admire and they don't have, well, if they do, it's very minimal. They don't have work done. And also what am I saying to, what, but what am I saying to younger actors who think, might think I'm good at my job. Like, yeah. I don't know. And I just. That's a pretty strong message. Like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And, but also, and like, same with my grey hair. Like, I've got quite a lot of grey hair. My hair's lighter at the moment. Dude, for this I've job. got a lot of grey hair. I've got heaps of it. And I, I'm mad for it. I had oh, this yeah. makeup artist who was like, I was like, oh, because I started going grey in my 20s. And same. But now I'm. I was 27. Quite a lot of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got quite a lot of grey. And I was like, oh, so grey. You know, I was whinging about it. And she goes, oh, it's such a privilege, isn't it? And I went, oh, actually, yeah, oh, yeah, it is actually. She's like, yeah, some people don't get to get grey hair and get old. Yeah, wow. And oh I went, God. yeah, no shit, actually. And that so was a I don't, wise makeup I artist. don't cover my greys. Like my at the moment you can't really see them because no. my hair's lighter for, for this job that I just did. But I'm like, fuck it. Yeah, that's God, not to, that's, that's not amazing. to say that's not to say I will never dye my hair totally. or I will never get Botox. Fuck, yeah. at some point I might just be like, I can't look at that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> amazing. But for now, I'm trying to embrace all are. of the bits of yeah. me that you know that I find, you know, aesthetically challenging potentially. I think that that's so powerful in this day and age, though, when fake is celebrated. It really is, and also I don't want to look. I feel like. Oh, this is so kind of rude and I, I really honestly, sincerely don't judge people who want to make mm-hmm. adjustments to their appearance. Fucking go nuts. I, you know, I have yeah. had my teeth straightened when I was a child. I had new braces. Yeah, so same. like it's, you know, yeah. it's okay. I don't judge it but I do feel like there is a point where everyone starts sort of looking the same and I, yes. and I actually don't want to look like anyone. No, same. And like I, you know, I, they Photoshop stuff with my face all the time like like my nose particularly really? will get photoshopped a lot. I've got quite a broad nose and and they'll often like there's a photo of me on the cover of a magazine and they have photoshopped my nose. Sorry, I'm just pulling a hair off my um um they photoshopped Go for it. Go for it. It fell, off my, head. it fell <laughs> off my head. They photoshopped my nose to be thinner because that's what's more attractive generally speaking. Wow. But I'm like, but what is that saying to people who have a wider nose who who have I mean, darker skin and white like me? You know, like who like, You're incredible to be, even be – to be. Uh, and what is it saying to me though as well? Like not just other people. Yeah. Like what are you saying to me? That's not pretty enough so we'll just fix that up. I'm like, hang on. And, and you've kind of – you're shining a light on the gnarlier side of the entertainment industry and media as well, not yeah. just entertainment. No, like I think, no. you know, um, I, did a, I did a naked photo shoot for Women's Health and I saw the prints before I went to – press and it was an amazing team they were so lovely to work with I was shitting myself because yeah. I was starkers it's scary um but we saw the prints right before and I was laying down and like had my legs kicked up and it was like really nice and stuff but right before they went to print um we got to see the final shots and they pulled like a, a fat line out of my back because I was like arching up out and and in, like I was pretty young and I was like yeah okay do whatever's gonna make it look better and I didn't really 
you know, and, and it looks like a beautiful photo and I'm on the shoot. I was probably the largest girl on there. So I went in like really like, holy shit, quite insecure. Oh, man. So it, it is so interesting because and I find it so inspiring because I have absolutely allowed Same. photos to be touched up and I've seen well, photos be too. edited. Well, you often don't get a say yeah, either. Like I didn't thing. know they were going to do that. I don't look like the same person. I would not have let that happened but I it came it was released and they'd done it they don't check with you yeah, you often yeah, don't have a say true. that's true you've signed you're kind of like well you just go do the shoot you feel fabulous they're like you look amazing they took yeah. these photos and uh, you go you see them there and you're like oh that's cool I look right the lighting's good great and then you go home and then it comes out in the magazine and you're like what happened to my fucking nose? Yeah, yeah. But I think the other thing you've just hit like nail on the head is too, what people see in shoots, there is lighting, there is a hair and makeup team, oh, you might it. have a spray tan. Like there are all these things that are done to make you look almost inhuman. Yeah. Which is where I think like Instagram and stuff is kind of cool because you can speak to camera and yeah. there's not, well, you can choose if there's a filter. But yes. there's, there, there, you can make it no filter if you want to. But even, you know, and I do love it. Some, it depends on whose Insta it is. You know, your Insta's really honest and real and mine's pretty straight up as well. Yeah, but, yours is. You awesome. know, everyone's like just living their best lives though for the most part. And so that's where the danger is, is that you go, totally. oh my God, these people look amazing just like sitting at home on the couch. I'm like, that bitch has got a fucking halo light going. Yeah. <laughs> She's got a 17 <laughs> filters. She smudged some Vaseline on that freaking camera lens, mate. Like, you know, There's an, it, I, I can't make out their features. I'm like, that's not real. The Come interesting on. thing, and I don't know if you um, have experiences as well, when you meet a really uh, uh, someone that's quite famous in Instagram in real life and you're like, oh, shit, you look really different. No, like, there's a I've huge, not had that experience. It's fascinating. It's like the, I guess it's. And I lo- look, I eat up the um, the content of the Kardashians as far as like I right. love the show. Like I actually enjoy – if I need switch off time, I'm going to chuck reality sure. TV okay. on. Yeah. But like it's that movement where you see someone that's obviously modelled themselves off that Kardashian-esque yeah. look and then you Contouring. see them in real life and it's not the same as the photos. No. And there's a whole – that's that totally ha- – totally happens and I'm like, shit, I don't want, Yeah, I don't want to look different to the way, I'd rather be the real deal and get a few less likes or be the real deal and. No, people like yeah. that more yeah. because there's so much of the fake bullshit out there. And that's not to say, don't don't get me wrong, I will often post a photo of myself looking fucking great yeah, if fucking, there is one. Yeah. I'm like, oh, hello everybody, this is what yeah. I look like on Saturday. <laughs> but I don't pretend that that's how I wake up, you know what I mean? No, same. No, no. I was blown away. It's not fair. Someone said just last week and they were like, oh, we love that you don't wear much makeup. And I was like, what? Because I get up every morning, flick a mascara, eyeliner, which is what I've got on now, yeah. boom, out the door. A bit of moisturiser, but that's it. And they're like, oh, it's interesting you don't wear any makeup. And I'm like, shit, <laughs> like and when has that become yeah. a no? Like it was just <laughs> fascinating. But then and this is where I think, and I, and I, this is the last thing I'll ask you about career stuff, but and I, it was an American acting teacher that came to um, Australia and he spoke and he said, people Mm. that book the job have a presence and that presence is them fucking selves. And it's like, it's, I think that is like the magic elixir. Yes, to go for a gig, whether it be in the creative sphere or not, Mm. like I think being yourself, that's the like magic. Well, bringing, it's, it's, because you're not, yeah, for me, it's not being yourself, but it's, bringing authenticity and bringing what you have to to offer to this particular character. Because yeah. you you're not playing yourself, you're playing a character, but you're bringing a part of you into that character. And, exactly. and, it, and it's funny, you know, I used to go to auditions trying to give them, you know, like trying to give them what I think they want, right? Yeah, yeah. Like you've Naturally, got the scene, though, yeah. you know, it's the cop, it's this, I try and be authoritative and go in and hope, what are, the, what are they looking for? I think they might want this and try and do that. Mm-hmm. I don't do that anymore. I don't do that anymore because I listened to um, Brian Cranston talk about, and I used to not really like auditions, and Brian Cranston was like, auditioning is an opportunity to act. So you might as well enjoy it. Otherwise, what the fuck are you doing it for? I was like, I'm going to, so it's a choice. So I've chosen to enjoy auditions and auditioning. And it's an opportunity for me to be an actor because sometimes there's big gaps between jobs. And so the audition is a chance to act. So great, I'm using that. And, and he also was talking about how he used to try and do what exactly what I'm doing and what a lot of actors do and go oh, in yeah. and try and give them what... People please, yeah. But just try, try to deliver think. what they yeah. think yeah. is they're looking for yeah. instead of going, here's what I reckon you could try with this. Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> you know, like... So good. And That's also powerful. I go in and um, 
see if I want to work with these people. Because it's not me working for you, it's us working together. So if I'm going into an audition for a director... I feel like it's a two-way audition because I might not want to. I don't, might not want to work with this person, and that also speaks to. I'm too old. I don't want to have a good time. Do you know what I mean? Like I want to have a good time. Yeah, you want the energy at, to be cool, but at work. It also means that there's an equality in the space, as opposed to me really hoping that you yeah. want to hire. me. I mean, there's not because yeah. it is ultimately they're, they're, they're up hiring to them. you. Yes. Yeah, but but at the end of the day, if you bring something. But I always think about it as well and go, I imagine I'm going to do this job for like five, six, seven years, yeah. right? If I'm going to do this for seven years, what will, how will it be fun for me to play this? Yeah, totally. Oh, God. That, do that. I just want and to give you my pocket so you can give me the little tips. Like call before. me. Call me. you got my totally. number. Call me anytime. Yeah, I love this shit. I love it. It's why I do it. But it's it, fascinating. It, it, is so inspire, it is so inspiring to hear you because it's almost like you're slaying the bullshit around. Well, I'm also regurgitating shit I've learned from other people. Yeah, Don't get me wrong. This is not pearls of wisdom that I've just. I'll like, take them though. I've read stuff yeah. and just in, just in my experiences and my my own little learnings on the way, I pick things up from other people and I'm like, I'm keeping that. I'm keeping that Brian Cranston. Yeah. Fuck yes. And I'm going to tell Lola about it and then hopefully other people will listen and then they can take that. Do you know what I mean? Like, but totally. And I think as I mean, well. that's how the world works, isn't it? But When you say like as well, oh, I'm too old to deal with like do, think, do shit you don't want to do anymore. Yeah. But I think we all should live like everyone yeah. should have that mentality. Absolutely. Like um, my my history is eating disorders and my therapist is like, have you started to notice the pattern that you eat bad food on the days where you're doing something that is in service of what you don't like? Oh, it's like wow. you're self-medicating Whoa. when you're doing shit you don't want to do. And he's like, and often it's out of a sense of compensating, which I yeah. brought up before. And that's the whole reason why I do acting school because I'm like, oh, this feels good in my heart. I'm just going to do it. Yes. And, and, and I think that that's where... Like life is too short. Yeah. And you mentioned like your best mate like had cancer and was like, you know, you you just mentioned that before and I think, fuck, like life is short. Yes. But all of us like stop doing shit you don't want to do and just start doing. Well, and that's what ties into, and I'm, I'm certainly not saying I'm doing things that I don't want to do. Like yeah. every job I do, I, I choose to do it and yeah. I love it. But but what I was talking about earlier with my career stuff of, of my failure to be brave is I'm, what am I waiting for? Permission. Fucking. You got me from so who? excited for what comes next from well, you. Well, I don't know. God knows. Could take a while. Maybe I'll okay. get too scared. No, <laughs> don't. No. I'm going to teach you a word I'm obsessed with. It's number layer. It's an Indigenous Australian word, and it means to live free of fear. Ugh. I love that number layer. I love that. That's your new mantra, mate. Mate, chuck <laughs> it in the mix. Oh, this has gone so fast. I know. But I'm we've sorry. got no. I love it. Um. I do want to speak to your personal, what you feel like is your personal okay. lesson. Let's not even call it a failure. Oh, no, it's a failure. <laughs> <laughs> amazing, amazing. Um, well, I'm currently I'm married to a delightful human being. We eloped in, in April. We ran away and got married. New York? We went to New York and got married. And he's an extraordinary human being and I'm very lucky. Central Park. Was it Central Park. Oh, yeah, we got God. married under a tree in Central Park. Just the two of us. With a 90-year-old woman as our celebrant who was so adorable, I can't even tell you. It was wonderful. But I've been married before. Yes, I know. I've Googled you. Ah, there you go. (laughs) So my failure is my previous marriage and and I own that failure because for the most part it was my doing, was the undoing of that relationship. Um, Now... I do not regret it. I would never take it back. Um, and I think, I'm, I imagine this is a common theme with people when you're having these conversations about failings is that even even the failings, you want to keep them because, yeah. you know, I, I, all I did was learn, you know, out yeah. of them. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I, that, I, I failed that first marriage, that relationship. And um, I, don't, I want to be careful about how I speak about it because there are two people involved in it. Of course. And I don't want to speak to the other person because that's his experience, you know what I mean? Totally. And I can't ever know really his experience of it. But I can, I can um, in this moment say that I, that I feel that I failed him and the relationship. Um, but I am also really grateful for the failing because I, even though I imagine I believe I caused harm and, and upset and heartache, 
Um, my understanding is he has moved on and is very happy and having a wonderful relationship mm. and a great life, as am I. Mm. And he taught me so much about love and it actually, that falling apart, uh, I fell apart like massively mm. and I was forced to fucking deal with my stuff. So that's a massive gift. Such a gift. Like, yeah. And it sounds like such a hippie thing to say, but he gave me the best gift yeah. ever. And I have, I am a different person because of that. And, and I, and I, I, I hope he doesn't regret it. <laughs> um, I like to think he doesn't. I hope he's in the place where he's like, oh, this is right. And hopefully, my little speed bump on the way was the path to that. Totally. But, and but, I think. Yeah, for me, it was it was the worst and best thing that ever happened to me. And I think matters of the heart are that. Like I think yeah. that, that you can feel crazy pain. Yeah. Because especially as I imagine just from this short time hanging with you that you would feel huge guilt around hurting another human being. I imagine that would the be. The worst. The worst. And and shame and guilt and all those, so bad. those things that. That was the most painful bit. Oh. Not having a breakdown, not being de- yeah. depressed and and hating on myself was the, the guilt yeah. of what I had, how I had affected this wonderful human being. And the thing is as well, and I've listened to a few podcasts with you and so I've heard you speak a li- in a little bit and you speak so beautifully about, oh, about him and I think that that's a testimony, is that the word, testimony? Yeah. Testament. Testament. Yeah. Yeah, Testament yeah. to you because um, it's rare that something ends and you're so grateful for something that was uncomfortable. Yeah. and I it, couldn't be at the time. No, but no one can. <laughs> you dust no. has to settle. Yeah. Uh, but I even remember um, – my boyfriend that I'm with currently and I just started dating him when you and I yes. met and you made a joke oh about God. his hotness or something on stage. He's so gorgeous <laughs> and I was giving you so much shit about how hot he was and then I just felt so bad. Matt's going to be so happy that we've just touched on that. Matt, but... you're very handsome. You're very handsome, Matt. <laughs> he... I hope you're not embarrassed. Oh, no, you've just made his day. Um, <laughs> but I said to him when we first got together, I said, I'm so grateful for the people that I've dated before meeting you. Mm. And he's like, what? Mm. You know, and I was like, they have helped shape me and they've forced me. I, that was what forced me to see a therapist. Yep. It's forced me to face Same. my shit mm. and to figure out who I am and you're getting a you're getting a version of me that wouldn't have existed without these human beings having an effect. I think it's the same. I mean, on a much greater scale for you because no, you had married someone. Scale like is nothing. It's, it is what it is. But I think... Um, I also, I I don't think my relationship with Toby, my husband, mm-hmm. that wouldn't have lasted five minutes if I'd met him. Well, we've known each other a long time, but if we'd got yeah, you together met fifteen years ago, like or something? seventeen yeah, years ago, wow. we've been we've known each other for seventeen years. We've been together for four years, married for six months, but I, I don't think we would have lasted five minutes um, yeah. without what I'd been to yeah. because I I. My behaviour within relationships was coming out of something deep. You know what I mean? Like that you had to work on yeah, and face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Without going into all the detail, which I happily would. I'm an open book, but but I, it's a very long story. But but I think I, I've said to him, I said, you and I would not have lasted. You wouldn't have stuck around with, with me for more than five minutes because. I wasn't in the right place. Was, yeah, ready. Yeah. It's that not, Steve not Jobs re- thing yeah. again. Yeah. It's that like looking on, back Steve. at the, well, it's just that that brick, the, like, he literally is like it's not till you can connect dots. Mm. And even for me, like I, in my breakups, I'm like, am I going to be like a spinster forever, a single spinster mm. forever? And it's not. And I said, Matt and I, my boyfriend and I met on Bumble. One right. Bumble, well, each right. other's first Bumble date. Oh, stop it. Yeah. <laughs> That's and the gross first, and delightful. <laughs> the first feeling I got when I sat next to him was like, oh, I can be myself. Yeah. It wasn't like this guy's hot. I mean, it wasn't like I wasn't feeling it. I was just he like, is. yeah. <laughs> but I, I won't go there again. <laughs> Matt, that one's for you. you but it, 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 there's yeah, something beautiful about, um, yeah, that like I would I would happily walk up to every single ex and be like, thank you. Like Totally. You and are, isn't that nice, you know. Yeah, that's powerful. It's a nice way to look at it as well and appreciate it and. Can I ask one thing about Toby? Yeah. Because I found something online when I was doing the research. (laughs) Oh, shit. It's a quote. It's something that he said about you and I was like, oh, Oh. my God. Oh, okay. So 
So Michaela is the first woman I've ever been in love with who has been a proper partner in every sense of the word. We can lean on each other and I've never leaned on people before because Mm. I thought it would put too much strain on the relationship. Michaela taught me that trust makes a couple stronger. (laughs) Oh, he's pretty excellent. He sounds like a dreamboat to me. (laughs) I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? You know, that's the real deal. It is. And, and, uh, you know, I am completely myself with him. Like, we're mental. We're absolutely just. But that's what you're silly. We're completely silly. I'm absolutely in tears right now, but we're silly because I love to be silly. And. We play like kids. It's and also you should. like the, the essence. It's like the essence of you is. And we lean on each other big time. And I'm learning to do that because I've never done that myself either. I've never leaned on anyone. I'm fiercely independent. Yeah. I've not leaned on anybody. And it takes learning. Does it's it taken al- learning. Also help that you've both, he's an actor as well. Does it help that there's an understanding universally? Yeah, of- look, for sure I think we understand each other's worlds and we can be supportive because we know what, what yeah. each other is experiencing with work and yeah. all that sort of stuff. But ultimately, you know, I know couples who one is an actor and one is completely not in the industry. And yeah. They, it's, it's, it just comes down to the person. It really does. And I think it, I think, um, He's helping me get better at not knowing because I, yeah. I, you know, I, sp- yeah. I spent my life just trying to know yeah. stuff and have answers and know where things are going and know what's going to happen. And I, you can't in life. You just can't. Well, there's a beauty in not knowing too. Yeah. There's a, there's a magic. There really is. And when I was going through that really difficult time when I'd when I broken up with my first husband, <laughs> I'm like, how many husbands will I have? No, oh, no, no. With my first big. marriage, when that broke down, and and I broke down and I was talking to a friend and she and she was kind of not that she'd been through the same thing, but she was going through a massive transition as well. And she's like, I just want to pull you six months down the down the line to yeah. where I am to show you how amazing it's gonna be. Yeah. And I promise I promise. And I hung on to that, you know, but it was the not knowing oh, what yeah. was gonna happen that 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 feels scary. And when you're in but, it, and I've actually heard an interview where you say when you're in the depths of kind of like pain or mm, pressure or feeling shit, it's very hard to see it's the other really side of that. Of course. And it sounds like you've done the work on yourself. To, yeah, and I'm sure I'll go there again. Ah, There'll be times, you know what I mean? Like I, I've been in a human. really good, yeah, and I've been in a really good place for ages and, and you know, nothing, nothing stays the same. Good stuff doesn't yeah, stay. Bad totally, stuff doesn't totally. stay. Whatever it is, it's going to change. Yeah. Good, bad, ugly, amazing, yeah. horrible, terrifying, ex, yeah. you know, excruciating, whatever it is, it's going to change. You absolutely you cannot go through life without change. So, And I think, like you said, like being okay with that, being like yeah. as opposed to, well, no, 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 I've crossed my T's, I've dotted no, no. my I's. And I'm I, am gonna... a, I am that person. So it's a learning for me. It's still, so it's, a, it's a, pro, a process I'm still learning. Yeah, you are wonderful. You're a very oh, wonderful human. Thank um, you. I'm You're gonna... a wonderful human too. Oh, this is delightful. You. It this feels has been really such nice. A nice conversation. You've inspired me more than uh, you probably realise. Oh, well, um, you have to stay in touch with me, and yeah. I will talk about acting forever. Clearly, oh my goodness, <laughs> I'm well, mad for it. So. I actually was going to end it with just one last question, and mm. it is um, just because I have been in this. I am in. The sp- with the acting space, you're in a world where there is so much uncertainty and mm. you don't know, It's it's you're kind of finding your feet and you mm-hmm. do feel a bit like you don't know exactly what comes next and what the next step is. Mm. Um, and then even in any kind, I think that can be in any kind of like if you're trying to make it as a, oh, an any artist industry, or a blogger any, or a singer, yeah. whatever it is, like. Any industry yeah, though, not just entertainment. Totally. You know? what, like what is that one like little gem? That I mean I think we can see there's a million little gems you've shared today but like just that one thing that's like, yeah, like I can, is it just like be truthful within yourself? Is it just? Yeah, I guess I remember Dad said to me once, luck is a meeting of opportunity and preparation. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Because. I think if you work really hard, and you do, you're a hard worker, it's in you. If you work really hard and an opportunity arises, you'll be ready. Yeah. Um, whether the When the opportunity comes and how it comes, you can't know. Yeah. You know, um, I don't have any like magical pearls oh, of wisdom, but, but I think I have been very lucky because I have worked my 
balls off mm. and when opportunity has come to me, I've you're been ready. able to meet it. Yeah, you know what I mean? And I think there's a lot to be said for being pleasant and kind to yeah. work with, not just as a human in your life and your everyday with people you love at work. Like I just think that has got me where I am a lot of a lot of where I am is because of I like to think I'm enjoyable to work with. You're a good human, mate. Well, I try to be. Yeah. I'm not always. I have yeah. bad days, but I want to go to work and have a good time, even if it's doing something really heavy duty. And, you know, I did a play that was like really hardcore, like dark Irish play, but we enjoyed it because we were in it together. Yeah. We brought some love into the room, yeah. even though it was really heavy material. Mm. And I think if you're pleasant to work with, people want to work with you again. Yeah. I, like I mean, that. I try to be good at my job, but I try to be kind at my job. <laughs> yeah. oh, I love it it's so much. It's like work hard, the luck will come. Be, nice. be, be kind. Nice. It takes a lot more effort to be an asshole. I yeah. think I see it. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen it. I'm like, isn't that tiring? Just be nice. Like, it's so on, funny. Man. I used to be when when like a work thing come up, I'd be like, no, I'd fight it. Like, and and be quite assertive, and I'd be like, I'm assertive. I can tell them they're doing the wrong thing. Whereas now I'm like, thanks. See you later. Like I'll, yeah. I'll actually go, oh, I'm choosing not to work with that person. Well, that's the I... other thing. Like, you know, being kind isn't being a pushover. No. Being kind is being firm and yeah. clear. I'm very specific how I, you know, with certain things at work. You know, I, I, I get ideas in my head and I want to execute them and yeah. so I have to have conversations with costume department and go, so I've got this idea, I really want to do this and this and I can be very specific. Yeah. And so I want people to get on board and, you know, but I do it and do it with kindness. I can be clear and concise and yeah. firm, but kind. You know. So you're already living stirasuka. So soft, I'm trying soft and <laughs> strength, and then I think you're right. So that clarity with kindness mm. is a beautiful combo. Yeah. Oh my goodness, I could talk to you all day. You are incredible. Aww. Thank you so so much. Thank you. And I hope everybody. Just like one day, can we see you anywhere? What can we see you? Um, I've got a out? show coming out next year on Channel Seven, a comedy called Fam Time, which awesome. I'm excited and scared about because it's my first kind of lead comedy <gasps> thing. Okay, we're going to watch and out for that. And I, I don't know if I'm allowed to tell you, but I'll tell you anyway. I'm currently working on Halifax. Oh my goodness! Yes, I'm playing a detective. I was going to say that's a different tone, isn't yeah, it? I'm playing I've, a I'm detective in Amber mode the at the moment. Time. No, no. <laughs> It's very serious. I have a gun. <laughs> How does that feel? It's so fun. I don't Amazing. know what I'm doing, but it's great. Amazing. Okay, <laughs> we've got so much to look forward to with yeah. you then. Thank you so much. Thank you, darling. Wonderful. That's a wrap on another episode of Fearlessly Failing. As always, thank you to our guests. And let's continue the conversation on Instagram. I'm at Yummo Lollaberry. This potty, my word for podcast, is available on all streaming platforms. I'd love it if you could subscribe, rate and comment. And of course, spread the love. Mm-hmm.